What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David, Isaac, and Candace, the three-headed monster. We are back. I don't even know the last time that we were all on here together. It feels weird to be back. We are getting closer to the season. We're knocking on the door of September, and preseason starts in October. So, uh, what, I guess about two months away here from when's the first preseason game. Uh, October 1st. Yeah, first, like yeah it's earlier. Nine earlier days. Year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it, man. I am so ready for this season to get started. We got a little bit to talk about. Some uh, we actually we were going to talk about all just the schedule on this episode, but uh, oh, Shams, Shams, I don't know Shams. I think, <laughs> I think Shams. Yeah, like he he's uh, he's dropping information about the Grizzlies have reached out to the Nets again and KD trade talks, and that they were not going to include. Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. We're gonna let, let's just lead off with this. Let's just start with this, and we can get into the schedule. A lot of good stuff. Like when you're scrolling through the schedule, there's a lot of games to look forward to. But Candace, I'm gonna go to you first. After I I felt like this was dead in the water. I'm like the Grizzlies are out. There, you know, there's not been much talk about it, and then here we are again. I don't think that this came from the Grizzlies front office. I think this came from somewhere else trying to generate leverage. Um, but, but do you feel like there's any substance to this? Do you think that this is something that could actually happen without giving up either Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson? No, no, I don't. Um, I'm with you. I Nothing ever comes out from the Grizzlies side that the Grizzlies want out. I mean, if it, that's just what we've known. The Grizzlies, they can do everything. They're super secretive. They don't have any leaks in their front office. And so this is obviously from the net, the net side. Like you said, they are trying to drum up some interest. But I don't I don't just see, a, given some of the packages that we've heard about, you know, from the Boston Celtics, it, it's been rumored that they were going to offer Jalen Brown. Um, they turned that down. They The number of picks, I've, I've just heard some some pretty you know, hefty and same packages. I think the Suns before the DeAndre Aiden trade out, there were a couple of offers put out there and those were pretty crazy. I think when I even remember if I'm going back far enough, I remember hearing something about Minnesota wanted Cat and and uh, Anthony Edwards at one point, but they eventually moved on from that and went to the Goldie Bert, uh, Go, Rudy Gobert trade instead. But just given the package, the rumored packages we've heard, it would make absolutely no sense for basically, you know, five first rounders that the Grizzlies have and some players like Zaire Williams and um, Brandon Clark or Steven Adams to, to to suffice. I just don't see that happening. I just think it's, uh, you know, like it's more trying to drum up interest. It's, it's been pretty dead. Trade talks, from what I understand, before this Grizzlies rumor came out, were pretty much dead in the water. And it wasn't just on the Grizzly side. It was pretty universal. Most teams seemed to have tried to move on. They weren't really going to, they weren't interested in breaking up their core for Kevin Durant's, I guess, sort of people view him as being sort of flimsy, you know, going kind of going with the wind, not being consistent. And so people just aren't willing to break up their young cores for that, especially with the hefty price that the Nets rightfully they, they want. But that's my take. I, I don't think there's much to this. You're not going to hear me get my hopes up for it. It's great to be a part of the conversation. So I'll say that it's great to be a conversation. You know, we were considered as contenders, you know, Western Conference contenders. The article that came out announced the Grizzlies as that. So that's always good to hear. But outside of that, that's about as far as my interest peaked. 
Isaac, what about you, man? Do you, do you think that there is anything to this that could happen? So my, my thing, the, the Nets are in a spot where, okay, you have Kevin Durant under contract. I think it's three years and he has a, a fourth-year player option or something of that nature. And that used to mean something. That used to hold value of, oh, well, you control this player for X amount of time. But he's under contract right now, and he's demanding a trade. And so I could see where teams, for me, if I'm a front office executive, like I'm confident in my team that I've put together that, okay, we can bring him in here and keep him happy. But then you look at the entire situation and how this has played out with Brooklyn. Brooklyn catered to him. They gave DeAndre Jordan a complete overpayment of a contract. They go out, they bring in other people that Kevin Durant wanted to play with, and it didn't work out, and now he's demanding out of there. So what's to say you give up, say, five first-round picks, or you give up a name like Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson, and then you get Kevin Durant here, and he's here for one year, something happens, an injury happens, or whatever, you don't end up winning the championship, and then he's demanding out, then what have you done to your franchise? And I, I definitely don't think that there's no way that this is being leaked from the Grizzly side. We know how the Grizzlies operate. I mean, Zach Lyman even said it uh, in, 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 in the season presser uh, that they move in the dark, uh, as John Moran said. So if you, especially something big like this, this is not going to leak. I think this is probably coming from the KD's camp. Um, I think KD's camp is trying to drum up interest because it, it seems like this thing is kind of dead. And he's, I mean, we've seen reports that said so much that he wants out of Brooklyn so much that he might even retire. I don't necessarily believe that, but those are the reports that have been out that that's how bad he wants out of Brooklyn. So his camp is definitely going to try to put pressure on him, on the nets and try to drum up interest. Um, as far as the Grizzlies are concerned, I believe, I believe the reports are probably true. Grizzlies probably have, engaged the Nets and trade talks and told them that they would be willing to pretty much put anything on the table outside of Jerry Jackson Jr. and Destin Bain. And I'm glad they have that stance because if it takes any of those guys, I'm not doing it. Uh, just kind of the, some of the things that David just said as far as you just never know with, with, with Kevin Durant. Like he might say, oh, yeah, man, I want to play for the Grizzlies. I want to play with Dom. I'm all in. And then a month later, He's talking about firing, wants Zach Kleiman fired, Taylor Jenkins fired, he doesn't like what's going on. You just never know what's going on with him. Like, he can flip on a dime on you. And if you it, – it's going to take a lot to, to get him here if, if it even – if it were to happen. So, you you need this to work out if you're going to pull it, make, a, make a big move like this. And with him, I mean, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. There's no doubt about that. That's why you entertain it. But there's a lot of risk involved. I mean, the Grizzlies have built this thing a different way. And if you go out and get KD, you're going a, a completely different direction than what this franchise has done. I mean, they built through the draft. They built with younger guys, and you're bringing an older guy. If you bring him in, that's the ultimate all-in move because you're basically saying, we're trying to really – you want to win a championship this year if you're bringing in Kevin Durant because who knows what's going to happen after that. I mean, he coming here this year, like you said, and in a year says he doesn't want to be here anymore. His contracts and stuff like that, that doesn't mean – doesn't carry as much weight as it used to. So I I don't think it happens without either of those two guys. I think the only, the, thing I, the only thing I'll say to that is the longer it goes on, I think the asking price could come down. Um, if Kevin Durant continues to put pressure on him and starts to say he's going to hold out, 
we've seen these type of situations before, and maybe he ends up going for a little bit less than than what you would expect him to go for. Because I mean, we saw the Rudy Gobert fair trade, what he's traded for. You saw Utah now again is going back to that same well. Actually, the Knicks Knicks offered five first round picks, Obi Toppin and Evan Fournier, and Jazz turned that down, which is nuts, by the way. Like that's insane that they turned that back and down for Donovan Mitchell. I couldn't have couldn't have pulled the trigger quick enough on that one. But we've seen how crazy these trades get. So it's it's highly unlikely that you can get Kevin Durant here in the Bluff City without moving one of those two. Um, and, and if I'm the Grizzlies, for because of his age and kind of the attitude things, the things we've talked about, I'm not going to make that move. I'm not going to move in either of those two for, for Kevin Durant. It's just the timeline doesn't match up. Injury history, the risk, like you said, with the, the things that we discussed, it's, I'm just not going to do it. Right. Exactly. And, and one of the things, too, that I think is in play in terms of these front offices, because he's got four years left on that deal, I, I think the front office is seeing this as an opportunity to draw the line in the sand to some extent. I don't think teams are as willing to go above and beyond to, to work for KD because if they do it for KD, then they can, then they can start just becoming like a trend. Then, you know, contracts mean absolutely nothing. I mean, they're already sort of, like Isaac said, they're already sort of, you know, it doesn't it doesn't bind you the way that you that you think it would. But four years, I I think in at least in recent history that I can recall, I've never seen this. <laughs> I've never seen this sort of an extreme of an example, and I just don't think that front offices are as willing to to do it. In part, yes, because they're not willing to break up their cores for somebody as wishy washy as Kevin Durant has been, but also just the principle of it. I don't think that front offices are in in favor of. Uh, players deciding that that's what they want to do that we can just do everything for you as a team and then you can turn around and say ah thanks but no thanks and just walk like you didn't sign a contract yeah like I'm I'm all about the players having some freedom to voice you know like if they have an issue with something if there's like a legitimate gripe they should like we, we all can choose where we work right like you know we we have is in a standard career if you're selling insurance, you're working in an insurance company and stuff changes and you just hate it, you decide you're going to change companies, you're allowed to do that. This is completely different. But it's a massive difference. But like, you know, you should still like, it's not just because they're signing these big deals, you shouldn't completely pull, oh, well, you signed this contract. So here you are. Like if if things are not going your way, I understand voicing your concerns and having some say in it. But when for me, Brooklyn has done everything that Kevin Durant has asked him to do, above and beyond. And and then it's just like, man, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm out. And what 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 kind of position are they going to be in? Because if you look at Brooklyn's draft picks. Like they have uh, in 2023, they're going to get the the worst of either Houston or Philly's pick, and then they own their own. They don't own their own first again until 2027 after that. And in 2027, because of the James Harden trade, if their pick is better than Houston's, Houston has the, the right to swap it. So technically... After 2023, and I'm almost positive I don't see a swap anywhere on their 2023 pick. After 2023, their next first round pick that they control that is their own is 2028. So we're talking 
six years down the road before they can even tank and have their pick be worth anything. If they're tanking, then they're, whoever is whoever has their pick is going to be in a better spot. But so you know, if you trade Kevin Durant for these picks as opposed to trading him for a guy like Jalen Brown, what what are you doing? How far back is that going to set your franchise? Listen, I, I would absolutely love it if Kevin Durant came to Memphis and you could have a core of Ja Morant, Kevin Durant. Man, that's a tongue twister. I'm, I I feel like I said those <laughs> names wrong, but I got those right. Morant, Durant, Jackson, and Bain. And you could plug in, man, we can – like Man. me, Candace and Isaac <laughs> can be in a rotation, and we're 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 in good shape. But uh, you know, like, I, I would that. love to yes. see that, but it just does not. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they? Five first round picks are huge, and the you know you can. Lie, that, you it can sounds get like talent. a lot, but Rudy Gobert yeah. got that. So that's yeah. that's the thing about these trades now. Like the teams are asking for this. Like like you would have if somebody had said. I mean, you like four or five years ago, like give me six first round picks for a guy. You would have been like, that's insane. Like that's not happening. Now teams are asking for that. Like it ain't nothing. Like, you know, I'm like, they won't five. Like they, they're turning down five for Donovan Mitchell. Like I like Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's a really good player, but he has his limitations because of his size and, and, th- and some struggles on the defensive end. I'm not, he's not a player that you gut your franchise for. Like five first, they turned down five first round picks, Obi Toppin and Evan Fournier for Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's insane to me. Yep. So, when you when you hear that kind of stuff, you're thinking, okay, well, this is KD. What is he going to get? I just – I think there has to be some cap on it. Like, what are you going to trade eight first-round picks for him? Like, I don't no, – I don't know, it, man. It's, it's insane. It's like, there has it, to be a li- – Yeah. That trade just, completely screwed up the market. I mean, completely. It really did. Completely yeah. screwed up the market because – yeah, I, I think just because one team does that, I don't think the rest of the, the, the no, league that it, I think it's showing is on board with – overpaying for a player that way yeah i think it's it's clear that the nets aren't going to get what they want because if they if they were going to get what they want i think he'd already be moved so i think their price is going to have to come down or either he's still going to be there and that's kind of where i am if it gets to a point where the season starts and he's talking about holding out maybe at that point you see something but you see these other offers i guess it just depends on what they want like david said i mean do they want to try to be good right now and you get a guy like Jalen Brown and try to still compete, you're not probably not going to be a championship team, but you could Grizzlies could offer a package that gives them a lot of cap relief, a lot of picks. If you want to just blow that thing up and move and go ahead and move Kyrie after the end to the Lakers or whatever you want to do for those picks. And you could move some of those guys on. I mean, I was talking to someone about Dylan Brooks, maybe earlier, if they traded him to the Nets, they could possibly get more picks for him. I mean, if they want to blow it up, I think that Grizzlies trade would be appealing to them, but, I just I don't know where they are like I, I, because if they're turning down Jalen Brown and stuff like that I mean I don't I don't know what the situation is but it could get to a point to where it becomes desperation and then things could change at that point but I don't think they're even close to that point right now. Yeah, like re- realistically, blowing it up should not be an option, but just because of them not controlling their first round picks, blowing it up. If you go into a tank mode, you are benefiting other teams for the next six years after like 20 and let's okay. Like they're going to tank for 2023 and hope that they end up with the number one pick and they get Victor Wibanyama or who, whatever 
whoever the number one player, I'm pretty sure he's going to maintain that number one spot. Oh, there's no doubt. Just because of size and athleticism. (laughs) But, you know, like that's what what everybody is tanking for. But then after that, are you going to be good enough? Or are you going to be good enough that you're not going to be a lottery team? And and that's just – it's giving up a lot, man. I I think if you trade him for picks and not for another star caliber player – like you're setting this franchise back for a long, long time. I think the uh, franchise is set back no matter what. If Kevin, if yeah. Katie doesn't stay, if Katie doesn't stay, they're set back no yeah. matter what. They at this point they've invested so much in this working. They've done so much to accommodate KD that it's a loss no matter what. And I feel like that's they're trying to look for that loss in the market, and that's just not it's not there. You're not going to find a, a KD replacement not just because he's KD. But just like I said, because of how much they've invested in making him happy at this point. So it'll be interesting to see it play out here. I think this goes into in well into the season. I'd be surprised if this is resolved anytime soon. I think it drags on like the Ben Simmons, James Harden, all of that. I see this as a very similar situation, but it's on KD. We'll see. Now, uh, just to go back to Isaac's point about the retirement, I did hear, I, I, th- I believe I remember seeing KD kind of refuting that, that he wasn't going to retire. Yeah. So at least that's off the table if if what he said he means, which is a question. Um, but, you know, it's still, I think it's going to be another very awkward, very drama-filled season for the Nets this upcoming season. Because I, I KD strikes me as the type of guy that would hold out and say he's not coming to camp. And, yeah. and you just... When it gets when it starts getting to that point, it it could get to a point where you where they'll just look up and say, "Man, we can't do this. We got to move this guy." And again, like like I said, when that happens, then things could change. But right now, I don't think they're at that point. I think they're content in, into going into the season with him. But I think it, things can get even more toxic than you expect, and then things can can start moving quickly at that point. But as Candace said, I think they're screwed no matter what. I mean, they kept the James Harden stuff didn't work out. Um, you got Ben Simmons now, and as, as to this point, that still hadn't worked out. We'll see what happens with that. But I mean, I, all the weird stuff last year about the back injury, and he, they mm-hmm. keep saying, "Okay, well, he's going to play tonight," and then he still doesn't play and end up not playing at all. I mean, it's just it's it's just a bad situation. And they did all this stuff to come in KD. He wants Steve Nash gone, and that was his guy. Like him and Kyrie wanted Steve Nash, and now they want him out. Like I, it's just toxic. It's a bad situation. I think they're in bad shape no matter what. I don't know what they're going to do, but if you got a guy in KD that's not going to be happy there, it's just not going to work anyway. So what are you doing? You got to try to make some decision. And I don't know, man, it's just a bad spot for them to be in. I think they're going to have to move him, but as Kevin said, I think it's going to play well into the season. Uh, but I think he's going to end up moving at some point. I just, if a guy's that upset with the situation he's in, man, you just can't have that guy around, especially a guy that's magnitude of Kevin Durant. You can't have that guy in the locker room if he's, a malcontent is not going to be on board with what they're doing. And he's openly like went against the franchise. You just, it, it's a bad situation. I think they're at some point they're going to have to get him out of there, but I do think it's going to take a while. I, and I think that asking price is going to end up going down because I just don't think anybody's going to meet it. Especially the longer it goes, the less and less the price, the price tag is going to go down and down because teams are going to know our world agents. They're desperate to move him out. So definitely not giving up all that for him. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. So I, before we move on from this, I just want to make sure I'm 99% sure that all three of us are on the same page as in this, the five picks, five first round picks, bringing Kevin Durant to Memphis. We all do not believe that's going to happen. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's, 
if, 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 if you can get it done without giving up Jaron, uh, I mean, Jaron Bain, I'm on, on board. But if you got to give up either one of those guys, man, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. It's just too much. Let, let's much. do it this way. Let's do it percentage wise. If you had to put a percentage on it, what are the, the <laughs> percentage chance that you think that the that Kevin Durant plays a game for the Memphis Grizzlies this year? Two. I'll say five. I'll put it, I'll put it at five. All right. I, I am right there with you guys. I think it is less than one percent. So we are all basically on the same page of that. It's it's not very likely. So let's jump into that. That was more smoke, uh, not really much fire. But we do have some great news whenever it comes to the schedule. 18 nationally televised games yeah. for the Memphis Grizzlies, a franchise record. There are, I'm, I'm going to exclude because if, if the game that you're looking forward to the most is not the Christmas game, there's something wrong with you. So we're just going to assume <laughs> that that is the game that we are all looking forward to the most. Let, let's we're, we're going to jump in here. Uh, Isaac, I'll go to you first here. What's the game outside of the Christmas game? What's that? What's the game you're looking forward to the most? Oh man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, outside of the Christmas game. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I guess the match, the, all the matchups with the Warriors are, Definitely ones I'm looking forward to, man. Just the, the smoke, the back and forth between John and Draymond. You have Clay Thompson, like saying the stuff that he's saying in the post game press conference. They're in the parade talking about the Grizzlies. I mean, I mean they rent free, man. There's in in Golden State. I mean, out there in San Francisco, the Grizzlies are rent rent free. I mean, you got Steph Curry out of the golf tournament kicking the Grizzlies ball. I mean, they and they try to pretend like they don't have it. They don't even care about the Grizzlies. That's like all they talk about. So. All the matchups with the Warriors. I'm looking we forward own, to. We own suburban comp- complexes at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. Over there, we got whole suburbs. I mean, they're just like that. I mean, talking about they don't. Talk about they don't care. And every, every every time they get in front of a microphone, the Grizzlies somehow come up. Uh, anytime they get in front of a microphone, but all of those matchups are going to be fun this year, man. I think it's the best rivalry in the NBA. Uh, I don't think. I don't really think there are. That's the only one that I even know about. There aren't really any real rivalries in the NBA anymore because back in the day, like these guys didn't like each other. Now all these guys are friends. They don't really like each other. So it's fun to see what I feel like is a genuine, genuine rivalry. Like I don't think these teams like each other. Uh, you go back to the Gary Payton stuff and the vitriol between the fan bases because of that and different opinions. I mean, it, it's going to be fun. Um, in the Christmas Day game, I know we're supposed to be picking another game, and I'm kind of. A, Kind of riding the fence, kind of copping out on it, but I mean, I, I think it's all the Warriors matchups. Those are the games that I'm looking forward to. But I'm looking forward to all of them. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season. Um, it, it's right around the corner, and 18 national television get televised games. I was talking to somebody like a couple weeks before the schedule came out, and we were going to do an over under of how many national televised games. I think we set it at 10 and a half, and I was like, man, I'm going over. I think I'm going to go with a big number. I'm going to go with 12. And I was thinking that's probably a big number, and when it popped out as 18. Definitely didn't expect that. I mean, that's a big number for a small market team. I think the most they've ever had for I think last year was 10. Um, and, I, and some of those were games that they flexed on. They didn't have that many to start the season. Mm-hmm. And I think they could end up with even more than 18 this year because late in the season they could flex some more games, which I'm sure definitely end up happening when you get into the playoff races and things like that. Uh, but 18 nationally televised games. And, I mean, you have a stretch at the beginning of March where five or six games or uh, our, our own national tele- television, and I never thought I would see that. So being a fan of this franchise from, from day one, man, it's just amazing to see the growth um, and, and how this franchise is viewed nationally now. 
And again, it's the John Morant effect, man. You have a, a transition, transcendent superstar like John Morant. That's the kind of effect it has. I think the next step is to have some more of these games at home, but I'm not complaining about that, man. It's Beggars can't be choosers, man. 18 national televised games, man. That's, that's big time for this franchise in the city of Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the 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 easy answer would of course be the opener. So I'm I'm not just gonna say that it's an honorable mention. I'm not gonna have that is my game. I'm looking forward to the most just because I know it's kind of lame. But um, I, I'm gonna go with Christmas game, of course. Outside of Christmas game, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Minnesota game, um, November 11th, first game against Minnesota. I'm just interested to see. I'm interested about Minnesota in general this year. They're a very intriguing team to me with the move they've made with Rudy Gobert trade. Gobert trade. I'm just curious to see how that looks, what it looks like. And and I'm curious to see, you know, how we play, especially without Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly was a big part of that, of that back and forth, that rival. He's got that bite to him. So how does that change? How does it shift? Does 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 Ant kind of pick up pick up that because it's not cat's game it's not that's not going to be nah, his persona at all stronger than ocean man throw, throw, throw a toilet position roll in the ocean that's one fly that's cat yeah. not, not two fly not three fly one fly so i'm curious you know kyle anderson's over there now so i, I that's that's something i'm outside of that that i look forward to It'll be like I said. It'll be interesting to watch all year, and I actually I'm I'm more looking forward to the game when Jaren should hopefully be back, and that's more like January 27th. But hopefully, but I'll go with the first game for now. Yeah. So so for me, I'm kind of like you. You mentioned Jaren being out and coming back. So the the team that I that and I don't know that it's truly a rivalry, but like the fan bases go back and forth quite a bit across Twitter. And so I, I kind of enjoy it. That's the, the Pelicans. Uh, when, when they're playing and they play them early in the season, they play them the 15th, but at the end of the season, close to the end of the season, New Orleans, um, it, it's April 5th. They are at New Orleans. So at the Smoothie King arena and the Grizzlies should be like, I'm, I would hope, that Jaron is fully healthy by then. And, and I really think that the Pelicans are going to be a playoff contending team with the moves that they made. And so, yeah. you know, the Grizzlies were able to beat them last year as they should. That team was depleted. The Grizzlies were playing very, very well. But, you know, if everything goes great for that team, for the Pelicans this year, I think that end of the season, April 5th game could be a very important game for playoff standing. Man, I, I I I hate those games against the Pelicans, man. I'm gonna be honest because last year was good because uh, they were they were banged up and we were able to kind of kind of handle them. But I, I got PTSD, man. Those matchups they yeah. put it on us. I mean, they they for some reason the same thing with with Minnesota. I mean, that's just a team that they struggle with. They're gonna be really good if Zion is healthy. There's no doubt. I mean, the scoring that they have. I think I have some questions on if they have enough balls to go around because I mean, you they got a lot of guys need the ball. I mean, Brandon Ingram. Was able to kind of run free with, with the basketball. I mean, you got uh, CJ McCollum, who also leads the basketball. Nas Zion is a guy who doesn't really have a position. You can't play center. You can't. He's really not a power forward either. Like, and then you got Jonas is another guy who needs shots. That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But they're going to win games in a regular season. I don't know about the playoffs though. I just think the structure. There's some questions about the structure of that team. But those games have been tough, man. I, I kind of have PTSD, man, of just being depressed watching those games, kind of the same way we kind of were with the Minnesota in the playoffs, man. It just gets 
exhausting. But it, it, it's going to be fun, I guess, man. Here in the division, it's going to be a challenge now, man. But I hate to kind of see those guys back, man. I kind of enjoyed them being down last year. Uh, but if Zion is healthy, man, they're going to be a, a problem. Uh, but I, I think in the West, it's just going to be can they make that work uh, because they got a lot of guys on their team that need shots. So interesting structure down there. Another game that I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, they play Detroit the December fourth at Detroit, and December yeah, 9th at the fun. FedEx Forum. The relationship that Ja and Jaden Ivy have, I, I just I look forward to seeing that matchup. Like see those two kind of go at each other, and I wonder also if got Duran coming back. I mean that yeah, that yeah. would be a good one. Yeah, so I, I'm like I'm interested to see how that how that plays out. Like, are they going to have Jaden Ivy Garden Ja? And vice versa. So that that that's something young players, um, you know, Jaden Ivey, we are not sure what he's gonna be. That that Detroit team will definitely be, you know, that's a an Eastern Conference team. That's a team I'll be watching on League Pass quite a bit because they've got quite a few young players that I really like. So that, that'll be my uh I typically have one team every year that I watch on the League Pass when the Grizzlies are not playing. And that that will be my team this year. If you want to on a bet, I think Vegas has their over on the wins at like twenty three. I'm like smash that over. Like they're 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 gonna win, I think, more than twenty three games this year. They have a lot of talent. I think Jalen Duran is gonna be I mean, you get him with Kate Cunningham, I think they're gonna be fun to watch. I think you get up and down. Uh I mean you're gonna see lobs throw for Jalen Duran. I think he's a great fit uh for that team. Uh Jaden Ivey, I mean th- that's gonna be a fun team to watch. So I'm with David. Yeah. So, that's Sadiq definitely gonna be a Bay team. Is a good Sadiq man. Bay, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely gonna be a team I'm gonna be tuned like in. They- I can see them coming for the Memphis crown in terms of most fun teams to watch. I think they're going to put, make, make Memphis give a run for their money in terms of just the, the energy that they're going to play with. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be great to see. Yeah. For sure. So I, I still, now let's, let's talk about the Christmas game. Isaac kind of copped out. He didn't really pick one game. He's like, <laughs> That well, the Grizzlies are playing the Warriors on Christmas. I can't pick that game. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick that game. And he, uh, he broke the rules. But how huge is this? Like, as a Grizzlies fan, you, you watch this team through the grit and grind era, and this is something – this is John Morant. That, that's exactly what this is, man. This is the fact – you know, you hear the term franchise-changing superstar, and we are getting to watch it firsthand with John Moran and what he's doing, the opportunities that he's bringing to Memphis, the, the, you know, the doors that he's opening. And this is just the beginning. This is only the beginning of what we are going to be seeing as fans of the Grizzlies. I really think in the next couple of years, you're going to see the Grizzlies hosting a Christmas game at the FedEx forum. And I can not wait. That's a bucket list thing for me. Like I'm, I'm going to tell you this, if they don't host a game, by 2025, when they're playing in a Christmas game on the road somewhere, my family is going to be taking a trip for Christmas to go watch the Grizzlies play somewhere other than the FedEx Forum. Uh, but I'm confident that I'm not going to have to pay for a Christmas trip because I think that they're going to have one here pretty soon on Christmas Day at the FedEx Forum. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that because I think once you get on there, like unless something – unforeseen happens and this team drops off or something. I think once you get on Christmas, you're probably going to be there. Like, I think they'll be there pretty much for duration now unless something changes. So I definitely agree. I think at some point, just by design, they're going to have to to host one. Um, and I think that's going to happen because I think this team is going to be in championship contention for 
for years to come. Uh, so I, I definitely think that's gonna gonna happen. But just thinking back on this franchise, man, even going back to Hubie Brown and Palgasol's years, the, the first three years they made the playoffs, they did get swept all those years, but they had a lot of success on those teams. And going back to grit and grind, I mean, even made the Western Conference Finals. You never saw them with 18 national televised, televised games. You never even dreamed of them having a Christmas Day game. And even even last year, a couple of years ago, we kind of talked about, oh, well, the Grizzlies should be on Christmas. But even then, like, even though I felt like they deserved it, I, I, I don't know if I ever really felt like, I, especially this year, I didn't know if it would happen. Once the, the Golden State um, and, and John Moran and Draymond Green going back and forth this summer, I thought there was an opportunity that it might happen. But I still wasn't super convinced. Because I was like, man, even though, even still, the Grizzlies, because get, get Christmas Day game is like the pinnacle. Like I mean, yeah. if, you, if they if they put you on Christmas, like you're you're you've arrived. Like that ain't you ain't no joke anymore. And I, I still felt like even though the Grizzlies, the success they've had, you, you have John Moran. I still felt like they were just like just below that level of where they put you on Christmas. And man, the NBA proved me wrong. I mean, put them on Christmas. Man, 18 national televised games. Even the rivalry week, they got two games on there. I think they're one only one of two teams. They got they're taking on the Timberwolves and the Warriors doing the little rivalry week thing. I think that's in January that they're doing. So I mean, they they're pushing the Grizzlies like this is legit. Like this is not a one-off. Like I think this is just the beginning uh, of, of what we're going to see. So this is just amazing to see, man. It's crazy. Like I said, being a fan from from day one, man, I, I never thought we would see this day. And it's the John Moran effect. There's no doubt about it. Having a guy like that changes things, can change the franchise. And man, look at those ping pong balls, man, fail that way, man. Because uh, we're lucky to to get to witness this growth and to have a, a superstar like that and what he does for the city. It's just amazing, man. I don't even, I can't even put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I piggyback off of a lot of that for, for any Grizzlies fan who has been there through the tough, tough, tough haul. <laughs> there was some tough years. Man. There, there really were some, some, Dark some tough things to watch. And, and it, and it almost in Memphis, it, you were used to getting bad breaks, especially when it came yeah. to the draft. Like it was just a given that some, you know, you kind of expected like something to go wrong in the draft. So many swings and misses, so many missed opportunities uh, when it comes to the draft and to just be to draft somebody like Ja, like you guys said, like a franchise changing type of player. It makes it so much more meaningful than I think that it would in other cities. Um, I'd say that there are some other cities that have, you know, had their their challenges as well. But Memphis has just never really caught a real break <laughs> until John Morant kind of came in and 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 it and it shifted. And we got this front office in and a front office that was good at drafting and were able to hit on some, you know, take the make the most of their resources in the first few years of their rebuild. And it's almost like a dream, really. Um, it, it's it's surreal. Sort of, I like you said. I just I would have never thought that Memphis would be on on Christmas. That I I would have never thought Memphis would have this many TV games. Um, it's just a whole nother world, and it's so exciting and it's so rewarding for all of the Grizzlies fans who stuck with this team when when it when it was so easy not to, <laughs> when it was probably easier not to than anything else. And so, um, it just take it all in. I mean, for the community, for the city. This is um, everything, really, and I- I'm happy to be a part of it and, and, and to witness it. I, I remember being in the forum 
at a game and we had Bruno Caboclo and DeLon Wright in the starting lineup. And yeah. I know that there were some times that had worse lineups than that. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I was still out there cheering, you know, like when, when you got, you know, Bruno who has forever been two years away from being two years away <laughs> out there in your starting lineup, like, that's, that's rough times. And so it, it's, it's good. It's good to be in this location. It's good to be in this spot because of John Morant and, and this front office, you know, doing things in the right way. Um, I, I can't wait. And uh, another thing that's got me excited is like, if you, and you guys are going to know this more than I do because you're, you're around the city more than I am, but I, I see a lot of new hotels going up and yes. that is, I noticed it. like that's, that's been a knock of, Oh, well, we can't have the all-star game in Memphis because there's not enough places for people to stay. And then, like, you know, you go down and you start driving. You're seeing, oh, new hotel popping up here, new hotel popping up here. I was at, a, like, I'm I'm a nurse by, you know, by day. I was at a patient's house. They had the prices right on. And on the prices right, they won a trip to Memphis. And they were staying at a new hotel in Memphis that's a riverfront. So, like, Ja Moran is bringing things to Memphis that are outside of the game. And, and like I'm just happy that more people are gonna see because if you have not talked to somebody from outside of Memphis, if you ask them about Memphis, they're scared to death of it. They think like it yeah. is, you know, my <laughs> the first forty eight, like the first it, thing it's that comes not on Elm Street type stuff. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I I don't get it. I'll, I'll never be able to wrap my head around that. But like I'm I'm glad that things are happening to where people are going to be coming to the city and really see what the city is about and not buy into all of the, the crazy dumb stuff that you hear. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is like anytime you talk to about to anybody about Memphis outside the city, the first thing they bring up is the first 48 or like, do you get like, every, do you see people get murdered every time you leave the house? Like crazy. I've heard some crazy, crazy stuff and people say that kind of stuff. And then when they come here and they have a completely different, appreciation of it. I mean, we, we definitely have our struggles. There's no doubt about that, but a lot of cities do. Memphis is not oh, the only man. city that struggles with crime. Most big cities have have crime problems, but I mean, there are a lot of great things going on in, in the city. Like you said, a lot of different things going on downtown, man, a lot of different restaurants, hotels opening, and a lot of that has, if the Grizzlies weren't here, that stuff wouldn't be happening. Uh, so the Grizzlies definitely have a huge impact on the city, even outside of what they do inside the, the walls of 191 Bill. I mean, they have a effect on the whole city on the economy um and just things they're doing in the community i mean it's just they have the grizzlies academy just a lot of different things uh, uh the, the they work with stacks school of music for, for kids that uh want, want to get into the music industry i mean they just do a lot of things in this city and it's just great to have um i, I can't even imagine what it would be if we didn't have that i mean because i mean it's just such a big impact and i think a lot of people don't even appreciate that aspect of it but yeah man a, a lot of people I, I trust anybody that doesn't live here come and give it a chance if, if you haven't been here man i think if you come here you might change your opinion yeah i i believe that this the Grizzlies and, and it, maybe it's the timing but i just feel like they had that in this team success had a, a great deal in the push for the airport change the airport has been you know for for those who may be listening who don't live in memphis the air, airport was completely redone um they've got a yeah, whole memphis great. grill in the airport now um, and that's just not something that you saw. There was really little to no Grizzlies representation in the airport before then. And I just feel like that's 
that's a part of that in terms of, I mean, they've been talking about making airport changes for forever, but the timing on when the, when the real thing started happening, when things really started getting moving was, you know, when this team started seeing success, more people flying in to come see this team um, during the playoffs. When I was at some of those playoff games, I was in the elevator with, we just started talking people coming from DC, people coming from North Carolina. I mean, nobody, that I was in the elevator with was from Memphis, but me. <laughs> and so it just, it, it just says how far this franchise has come and, and how exciting of a time that this is for the, for the city as a whole. Yeah. I just, it's, it's crazy, man. Like I just want to scream about like the, the Christmas game and all of the, the Christmas game is, is huge, but in comparison to the stuff that we're talking about here, like it, it's, it's very, very small. And so, you know, I have had the the pleasure to enjoy Memphis and enjoy the, you know, the tourist attractions, the stuff that you can go, you can just enjoy the culture of this city. And and I want more people to see it. And I think with all of the work that's going into this city, we're going to start seeing that happen. And I think you have to credit a lot of that to John Moran, this franchise for sure. So I I don't have much else. Like we we talk, I'm we're I'm super happy about the schedule. 18 nationally televised games. We don't think Kevin Durant is coming to Memphis. <laughs> like I, that's gonna be. I I can't even imagine what type oh, of man. press <laughs> there's gonna be if Durant ends up Isaac being. Isaac being the conspiracy theory guy, he's like, listen, <laughs> that this is what the NBA knows that Durant is coming to Memphis. Uh, it would be hilarious if that happens now. So we will be back. I honestly have no idea when. Um, for sure, October 1st, the first preseason game, they are on the road at Milwaukee at the Fiserv Forum. We'll be back with that one, little post-game action. But I'm sure that we will be back in between now and then. That's a little over a month away. We appreciate you guys tuning in. I think we're going to do a ticket giveaway. I give away a set of tickets pretty much every year through the podcast. I think we'll do that this year. Um, I haven't isolated the game that I want to give away yet, but uh, keep your eyes open for that on Twitter. We'll post that. We'll have a ticket. It's two tickets to a Grizzlies game. And I will try to make it on a weekend. I know not everybody can go during the week. So I'll take a look and see what's available and uh, and get that out there on Twitter and let you guys know how you can get entered to win that. You can find the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am, dude, I almost messed that up. It's been too long. I don't even know what the show Twitter is anymore. At Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at D-Will, NBA D-Will 2111. Dude, I'm struggling. I have no idea what anything is anymore. <laughs> it's been entirely too long. It's been a while, long. man. It's been a while. And so let, let, let's back up. So y'all know what it is. We do this all the time, <laughs> but I want to get it right. The show is at Eat Those Grizzlies. I'm at NBA D-Will 2-1. Candace, let them know where you're at, then Isaac is going to get us out of here. Yeah. Before I, before I, before I uh, yeah, give, give everybody where they can find me, I just want to make a quick comment about um, I sort of did some deep diving into the the schedule. And I think the Grizzlies caught a couple breaks with uh with their their schedule, the strength of schedule. Um, I looked at it. They're they're one of the only teams that don't. They're not one of the only teams. Well, they're one of the few teams that don't have the five and seven days. I think they've got one stretch of five and eight five days. Uh, yeah. Uh, eight. Wait, it's five games, eight days. Yeah, <laughs> I'm teasing that up. But um, 
They've um, they've got the uh, see they tied for the third fewest back to backs on the road. They tied for the most two day rest in the league. Um, so I did a deep dive on some of that stuff, and they caught um some pretty some pretty good breaks. So I like the way the schedule breaks. It gets tougher as the season gets on, which is good in terms of getting Jaron back. So that's exactly what you want to see if you're a Grizz fan and you're hoping the injuries, you know, everything aligns with the schedule. So just wanted to point that out. Um, was was really interesting to see even the you know L.A. Clippers who is, they are the kind of considered the contender you know assuming health always with them but they're kind of considered like the ten contend championship contender in the West or coming out and they've only got three matchups with them so just just a few things like that that I really appreciated about the schedule uh, that I just wanted to point out but um you guys can find me at Candace H nine on one Isaac take us out yeah and, and a couple more points on there like as Candace said they definitely. Caught, caught some breaks, and that's not something we're used to because usually you look at that schedule, and I mean they they have rough like a lot of five and seven days. They over the years had some, superstar treatment, baby. Yeah, man, you, you know what I'm saying. Got to get us some rest out there, man. Got to got to be looking good on national TV every night. But yeah, uh, but yeah, man. The schedule, the first six, the first they six of their first eight games on the road. But if you look at those games, they're all very winnable games. Uh, I, I think the schedule sets up really well. If Jared's going to miss some time, a lot of people are. People all over the place on the Jared stuff. A lot of people, when you kind of say that you don't think he's going to be back to January, they like bark at you thinking like there's no way. I'm I'm always skeptical of injuries when it comes to the Grizzlies. Like they're like Jared is saying all the right things. He was saying the right things, and they were saying the right things on the, the last knee injury. And if you looked up, he didn't come back till May. So I'm not. I'll believe it when I see it when 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 he comes back. I think it's. I think the earliest is Christmas Day. That that's my mm-hmm. thoughts on that. I, I I think that's the earliest that you'll see him back, but. Uh, other than that, man, good stuff, man. I'm glad to be back on here, man. Glad to – looking forward to the season, be doing the post games, have guests. Man, we're going to have a, a good season here on the Ethos Grizz podcast, so I'm looking forward to that. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore underscore NBA. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore underscore NBA. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Go over to at Ethos Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. We appreciate that. Uh, and for David, Ken, this I've been Isaac Simpson. Until next time, we're going. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.